This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It seems like the last few episodes I've done, I start with, well, today we're going to do something a little different. And today, we're going to do something a little different. My wife, Olga, spoke at a Sunday school class the other day, and she talked about a few things that I thought you might be interested in as well. If anything, it'll give you a view into our lives and how we think about things and how the Lord is at work. And also, hopefully, would be a good example to you, certainly it is to us, as she talks about some believers who have been very influential in her life. Before we get to that, I'd like to remind you that you can contact me at ancientpaths at cantrell.cc. Please do write if you have any questions or comments, anything you'd like to mention. I have received quite a few emails recently from listeners, and I promise I'm going to use some of those comments in a future episode. There's been a lot of really good stuff across my desk, and it all seems to be on similar themes. It's very encouraging to see that the Lord is speaking to many of us similar things and helping us turn our eyes away from this world and turn our eyes to the Lord Jesus himself, because he is the way. Really, we should not be following his teachings. We should be following him. Any other path is not leading to the Father. Jesus himself is the way. He himself is the truth. He himself is the life. We don't find those things by following his directions. We find those things by living with him, allowing his life to flow through us, allowing his fruit to be born in our lives as we abide in him. A couple of notes about this. It was recorded in a Sunday school room. At some points, the sound quality is not great. And also, I'm not quite sure what happened, but there was some problems with the microphone, and so you'll hear some scratching and things like that. I tried to clean it up as best I could. Throughout the talk, she's referring to photographs that are on a screen, and you'll hear her refer to different things there. And at one point, she plays a video, and I've dubbed the audio of that video into this recording here. Sound quality is not super great, but hopefully you'll hear the super encouraging words that come from the people that are on the video. So... Here we go. Here's my wife, Olga. You know, I'm really happy to share what I really want to share with you today because I'm just going to give a little hint. I'm just going to brag today. And I'm very happy I can get to do that. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk today is the fruit of obedience. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat from the best of the land. Well, as we know, this is a promise of the Old Testament. God in the Old Testament promised people physical blessings or material blessings. What does this mean for us in the New Testament? And how does it really play out in our lives? What is obedience? So what is obedience? Anybody, what is obedience? Doing what you're told. Doing what you're told. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Doing what you're told. What is more important? So-called big obedience or so-called small obedience? Both. Both. And I would actually say the small obedience is more important because you cannot have big obedience, so-called big obedience, without small obedience. Yeah. 
and it's a lot of times harder to do small things because they look so small and you think well you know that's okay if I didn't do that or didn't do this I mean it's a small thing but everything is built up out of small things and we you know having read the Bible so many times see that we cannot come to big things without doing small things God is saying many times how important it is to be faithful in small things there is a you know there's a parable that we all know about the talents and how the master when he came back and told the first two servants good faithful obedient service servants you were faithful in little you will be given much and actually what they were given was not very little like 10 talents was a lot three talents was a lot so probably the third guy had it the hardest because he had the smallest amount and it was hard for him to be faithful in that very small amount I also would like to read from Luke 16 10 12 this is one of those scriptures that I come back to a lot where it says it's Luke 16 10 through 12 whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly matters who will trust you with true riches and if you had not been trustworthy with someone else's property who will give you property of your own so it's a very serious scripture that tells the importance of small things very small things that we do that we tend to overlook that we tend to just disregard and say it's not important it's I think actually more important in the eyes of God than doing big things big things are obvious they are out there in the open but you know but what would be small things tell you a little story from yesterday small acts of disobedience and obedience <laughs> we came here early in the morning to help with the church and I just brought my phone with me it's like you know, I don't want to bring my purse you know, blah, blah. And I had this thought, you know, just put your driving license in your, you know, I have a little, you know, pocket, I have a little booklet that my phone goes in, there's a couple of sleeves there, just big enough for, you know, credit card and a driving license. I had this thought, put your driving license in. I was like, oh, come here. Valerie got here earlier and found out she didn't bring the right kind of shoes. So she's like, Mom, can you, you know, take me home to get boots? And I was like, oh, you bring a driving license. I can't get you home. And Michael already went off with a lawnmower. Too bad. We had to leave earlier because we had some friends coming to visit. So we left here, we left to meet with the friends and we had to go out to the North Avenue. And as we went, you know, I again just took my phone and I had this, this thought, put your driving license in. I was like, okay, so I did. Put my driving license in. <laughs> and while we were there, Valerie calls me. She got home, I told her when she gets home to call me that she's home. Um, I'm home, okay, good, what are you doing? Well, we're with our friends, we're gonna go have some lunch. Yeah, I'm just bored. You know, I don't want to be all alone here. I was like, well, you want to come and have lunch with us? Yeah, sure. And then I was like, well, I'm not really needed here. I have my driving license. I can go and get you and bring you so we don't have to all come and get you. So that's little, you know, little things. You have these little prompts that tell you, do this, do this. And so I basically saw a great example yesterday of disobedience and obedience. It's a small thing. You know, it's a small thing, but it builds the habit the attitude of our lives you know because God is speaking to us every moment and he knows what's what's coming even in small things 
And again, it builds up our faith, it builds up our reliance on Him, and it builds up a habit of obedience. And if we're faithful in those tiny, tiny things, then God says, okay, oh, you listen to me in this little thing, I can give you a little bit more, and now I can give you a little bit more, and a little bit more, and sometime later, we see that it came into the something big. I'm sure all of you can pinpoint the times when you were obedient in small things and reaped the blessings, got the fruit of small obedience. And unfortunately, many of us, me included, could probably name many more instances of not obedience when we didn't obey, when we didn't listen, when we just discarded it saying, ah, not a big deal. Anyway, so gives you gives me a great privilege to brag to you about some people that have been so significant in my life and that have been, in a great part, my spiritual parents. So I want to present to you Steve and Marilyn Wildman and their kids. These people live in the Urals now, in the Ural Mountains. It's uh, a big mountain range dividing Europe in Asia. So the actual continental divide comes through the Ural Mountains. And I had the privilege of standing on that <laughs> continental divide once. So about 30 years ago, these people left the United States and came to St. Petersburg, Russia as missionaries. Steve is a microbiologist and immunologist. He had a very successful career here in the States. They lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he made a trip back then, back in the early 90s, with one of the pastors from a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they felt that God has called them to move to Russia. So it was, I don't know, 92, 93, when they moved to Russia. I was 15 years old. And I was attending the Bible school that was started by this church in Tulsa. So they came to teach in that church. Uh, when they came to Russia, to St. Petersburg, they found themselves doing not the thing that they were going to do, which often happens with a lot of missionaries. Uh, they came mostly as marriage counselors, you know, premarital counseling and marriage counseling, but there was really no need for that ministry in the church at that point. I mean, the church was young. So they were asked to be youth pastors. And as far as I know, Steve never really liked teenagers. Only when he got, <laughs> never really enjoyed teenagers. But when he first went to Russia with one of the big crusade meetings, he said that he felt his heart changing and turning towards teenagers. So when they were offered, asked to be the pastors, they took that position and they took that wholeheartedly and really invested themselves in a lot of young people and I believe that they have built up a youth group like no other in St. Petersburg or even in Russia. Uh, I haven't seen the equal yet. And uh, I am so blessed that they were obedient. And I'm sure that that obedience, that what they did in moving to Russia was the result of a lot of smaller obedience. So here's some of ours. Here's, I'll show you some pictures. Here's me. Right here. Here's my sister, my twin sister. What year is this from? You know, I don't really remember. Okay. It might be 94, 95. Oh, okay. So I think I just finished, graduated from high school. 
this is only part of the group that they have built up. This young man, uh, Alexei, he's not from St. Petersburg originally. He, he was living in a room that his sister was renting and his sister moved out and went somewhere else and the landlord's, landlord decided he can just kick him out. And he did. Just basically, he found himself with his bags just on the streets not knowing where, where to go. I mean, he was already attending church then. He came to church. He's like, guys, I just was kicked out without any you know, warning. Stephen Mellon took him in. He lived with them for maybe a couple of years. It was not easy for them. Uh, you know, and um, young Christian, a young guy, you know, I, I can only imagine the kind of things they went with, through with him. And um, I'll come back to him a little bit later um, because I just wanted to wrap up that story with him. So can we have a next one? Here's again some of us a little bit later. Stephen Maryland, after a few years of being in St. Petersburg, moved to the Urals. And this is actually one of the instances when they came back for a short visit. So this is them again. This is them, Stephen Maryland. This is their kids. We prayed to those kids. When they came to Russia, they didn't have any kids. Marilyn had some kind of problem that uh, she had some kind of either virus or bacteria that would let her get pregnant, but that would cause a miscarriage around the week 12, 15. And we actually had that happen on one of our missionary trips. They built, um, so a, we had a drama team and we would go and perform on the streets of St. Petersburg and evangelize. One summer, I remember we did it like two or three times a week. And we also did uh, a few long-term trips. And one long-term trip was to a town near Moscow. Like it was about a 10-day trip. And they went to that trip, and Marilyn was pregnant. And on the, one of, like on the last, just very few last days of the trip, she lost the baby. And that was a very hard time for all of us because we were all like, there was a, a crush for all of us because we were so happy for them, and we were so excited for them. She was not supposed to go on that trip because even the doctors told her that she was in danger of having a miscarriage. But if she didn't go, then Steve would not go, and that means none of us would go because the parents would not let any of us go if they didn't go. So, uh, but soon after that, they had this boy, Dustin. And then two years later, had this girl. They found a treatment that would let her carry the baby to the term. Yeah, here is uh, another one of our trips. Actually, we, we took with, uh, we had a trip with a group from the States. So we went to this town named Ivanova, where that's where Marilyn lost her baby. And this is the next year. And here's Steve. And uh, he just got back from the States right before our trip because Marilyn, they were in the States having their first baby. And so Marilyn could not make it because she just had, they just had their first baby and she, couldn't come so early, so he just flew to make sure we, he went with us. So here's you know, a bunch of us right before we was ready to get on the train. So I just wanted to stop here for now. You know, I really believe they, they built what I haven't seen built before. And they, they even later said that they were sorry that their kids did not get to experience the kind of youth group and atmosphere they built for us because a lot of those people are still my very, very dear friends. And I may not see them for years and years, but if I call them, they will be there. And if they call me, I'll be there. Because they created this bond where we just love each other. And when we see each other, you know, we hug, we tell each other that we love each other, 
and we feel like it is absolutely normal to do that. And um, a lot of young people don't have that. A lot of young people have a lot of misgivings and insecurities. So after a while, they went to the Urals. My sister went with them for a while. Um, I visited them there, and they came back a few times to St. Petersburg. And for a while, we sort of lost track of each other. You know, lives get busy and things like that. They came back. They did, um, they did a wedding of our pastors in, in Russia. That's the only wedding that they got to do. I invited them to come and do ours, but Steve had to be in the States at that time, so they could not do our wedding. <laughs> a few years ago, when we went through a very hard time with our former church in St. Petersburg, it was them that I called. And it was Marilyn who just was able to give me such a great advice and was able to just tell me, look, it's not about you. Don't worry, it's hard. I mean, just very supportive, but very kind of directing your eyes, you know, where, where your eyes should go. I know that they went through a lot of hard things in the Urals. Marilyn almost died. I know definitely that she almost died there. I do not know exactly what was the circumstances. And I actually remember one time when I talked to her on the phone and she wanted to tell me something that was going on and I heard Steve on the background saying, no, don't. And I was so thankful because sometimes obedience is in what you don't tell, you know, because you have to be so careful sometimes of saying the right thing and not saying what you're not supposed to say so that the rumors would not start. And things that you go through, you don't necessarily have to tell other people. So, and I saw in this such a protection for me that they did not want to put that burden on me. There was nothing I could do about it, and, but what it could do is that it could start spreading rumors and gossiping. The other missionary family that I know that were in St. Petersburg and were in Siberia, and only two or three years ago, I heard their testimony as they were speaking to a church here in the States, they went to Siberia for a couple of years to pastor a Presbyterian church for the Korean pastor who had to be on the furlough back in Korea and South Korea. Mm -hmm. And I found out only three years ago about that while there, they were basically under a death threat. That at some point they had to send their kids away, they had to flee for their lives mm -hmm. and send their kids away with some other friends not knowing if they would ever see them again. And just a few months later, after that, I came and stayed with them and helped them a little bit. They never told me. They never told me things. I mean, I knew some of the things. I know they got very sick when they got there. I know that they had, you know, difficulties, but I never knew. And I was like, thank you so much for protecting me and not telling me those things that I, you knew I couldn't have handled back then. And even now, like Stephen Maryland still would not tell me, just hints sometimes of what they have gone through. But they would share things they learned from it, things that God has taught them. And um, thankfully, somehow, we got reconnected with them. They are now, like Marilyn now has a big part in Valerie's life, where Valerie would call her and talk to her and get advice from her, which makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, God, you raised me now. You, you, know, you raise our kids. <laughs> And so we were able to reconnect in the last few years, partly because Valerie really, really connected with Marilyn, and Marilyn was able to help her work through issues. And this summer, we were able to go to Krasnoyarsk with them. Krasnoyarsk is a city way in Siberia. Some people call it the true center of Siberia. 
there are three major rivers in, in Russia. There is Volga, there is Lena, there is Yenisei. So Krasnoyarsk is on Yenisei. has a huge national park uh, next to it, beautiful place. So we were able to go and take part in VBS in one of the churches there. So me and Valerie and uh, Lily, who is the oldest daughter of our pastor and the best friend of Val, were able to go. And I am so happy that Valerie and Lily were able to minister under such amazing people who are mature, who are prayer warriors, who are so careful with their words. I was amazed how careful they were with their words, but so encouraging and coming side by side, even when things don't go right. I mean, back in that town, I had my jaw drop every day, a few times a day. I was like, what? Really? You think you can do that? You think you can do that? And you can think, but they were so gracious. I mean, there were things that really, I was amazed that adult people can think like that. You know, I won't tell everything, but there were quite a few things that just shocked me, but they were so gracious. They would confront it, but so graciously, so carefully, and making sure that they're side by side. I mean, the church has not done like half of the things we had to do in preparation to this. We came and we found that we are now having to do more than we were supposed to do because things were not done. Both Valerie and Lily found themselves doing much more than they expected to do, and they raised up to the plate. I mean, teenagers need challenges. They need challenges. They don't need to be entertained. They need hard things to do. They rose so much. Lily's 15 became like a stage manager for a skit they were doing. Here's a picture. Who is this in the picture? <laughs> this is Valerie. I don't know if we can, we can zoom to it, but she's playing a man here. She's a fisherman. She hates wearing pants, okay? She is a lady. She got to play a man. <laughs> and she was willing to do that because it's all for Jesus. And that was the theme. That was Marilyn kept saying, it's all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. If you're doing it for yourself, get out of here because we want all the glory to go to, go to Jesus. And they did. And I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons by seeing their obedience and being prompted to be obedient themselves. The next. Slide. Yeah, here they are. Here's Lily, Valerie, good friend. So our pastor is Congolese, so Lily is dark-skinned. So they were doing a little, so here's Jessica, their daughter, serving. Their kids live with them. Yeah, their kids are in the mid-20s. They live with them and serve with them. Kids speak perfect Russian, like their son Justin speaks better Russian than English, prefers to speak Russian. <laughs> uh, and what is our next slide? Yeah, we have a next slide, so yeah, here's, here they are. Here's Marilyn with Valerie and Lily as we were just walking. I mean, this just warms my heart because I trust these people. I would trust my life with them. I would trust my kids. You know, I have only one, but you know, I mean, Lily's kind of like a kid too. You know, and I'm just so happy. Here is, uh, you know, these people are still there. They are being faithful with what they do and they keep on being faithful. And can we have another slide? Here's us, our little team. Some came from Yekaterinburg, some from St. Petersburg, and it was a blessing to serve with them again. I remember before they left Russia, I was thinking, will I ever see them again? I don't know if you know this singer, Michael W. Smith. Have you heard about him? He has a song that goes, 
Here's where the road divides. Here's where we realize the pattern of our father's great design. For a time, you've been a friend to me, but time is now the enemy, and I wish we didn't have to say goodbye. But I know that the road he chose for you is not the road he chose for me. So while we share the dreams we're after, pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Pray that we would keep the common ground. Pray for me, and I will pray for you, and one day, God will bring us back around again. And I was wondering, would God ever bring us back around? But he did. <laughs> and uh, probably in a much richer relationships than I had before. And I'm so thankful for obedience that people showed. Can we have the next slide? Here's now home. They finally made a trip to St. Petersburg. Their kids had not been in St. Petersburg for about 15 years, even though they basically spent their early years. Here's in my home, in our home, a little reunion. It's not everybody. So here's this guy, Alexei, again. And at that meeting, he was telling what he felt when Stephen Marilyn took him into their home. And he was tearing up. I don't know what he would have done. He might have been lost, you know, and he told them how significant it was that they just took him. He was a pretty wild guy. I mean, he was not the kind of guy you would want to take into your home. He was still the, where he was like, oh, I'm not sure about him. He's sort of marginal still. You know, he says he's a believer, but he's kind of wild. But he's now one of the deacons in his church and uh, a grandfather himself. Those who were here, Last time, I mentioned a guy who went to prison for 16 years. So that's this guy. That's his name. And so that's the one. I'll quickly remind. So, yeah, he went to prison. He got, you know, and he was telling the experiences he had when at, at nights they, the guards would punish him for being disobedient. At that night, he was telling us the things that he went through. And Steve said, that's why so many times God would wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for you. Because at night, occasionally, he was having those terrible things that he went through and uh, needed the strength. And I just wanted to show, the next one is a video. It's a long one, but we'll only watch a part of it if we can play that video. I hope the sound is good. So it was Steve's sexual, August was his 65th birthday. And we wanted to do like a little birthday party for him. Marilyn said, um, he's not letting me throw a party for him, but he didn't tell you you couldn't throw a party for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many did. So. My heart is full and running over today. And um, you know, it talks about forgetting those things which are behind and there's lots of things behind us that we want to forget. <laughs> But there are some things behind us that I want to remember. Yes. And that's all of you guys. Yes. That yes. God put you into our lives so many years ago. And you're still here. And you still love God. And you're still serving Him and moving forward. And to us, as parents, you're <laughs> like our kids. Right. It, it really right. it brings us joy to see our kids 
right. with kids and grandkids, <laughs> moving on and serving God, some in missions and wherever, different countries, but yet you're serving the Lord with all your heart. And so thank you guys for the bottom of our heart for today. I wish you could guys you know, meet them in person. They are pretty radical. They're very different. In like Marilyn is a talker. What she says is just so worth hearing, <laughs> you know. So you just kind of. Uh, Steve is very different. I'm so thankful that when we were in Krasnoyarsk, I was able to spend time with him and talk to him. I mean, he's amazing. He's a great teacher. He, uh, you know, he was our youth pastor, and I interpreted for him a lot. And one of the things that he did that I don't think I've seen anybody do. I was a very inexperienced interpreter then, and he knew that. As he would prepare, he would look up the words that he was not sure if I would know in a dictionary and write in printed Russian over the words that he would use. And if he heard me make a little, uh, you know, stop, he would just immediately go, Poo? and I'm like, ooh. It was amazing, and he's done it so many times, and I was like, I know you care. Not only about me, I mean, it's not so much about me, as you do want to get the meaning across. Because I had, I translated for people who really uh, made the interpreters a really hard time. I had one guy like this who just drove me to tears because he just was so mean to his interpreter. And I'm like, why are you here then? I mean, if I cannot communicate what you want to communicate, are you there just to make fun, you know? And uh, so I had, you know, had a lot of experiences with different people. This is where you know that people are so committed, that people are willing, even in those kind of things. It's a little act of obedience where, you know, you don't cause any stumbling block. You know, you want to preach, you want it to be communicated, and you make sure if you're using the interpreter, then... And I so appreciate anybody who does, does that because it shows me how they value, well, their work and the word that God has given to them to make sure that it gets communicated. Because I know people who say, well, I don't care. I'll just, I'll just go on. If the interpreter cannot keep up, it's their deal, you know. And I wanted to, also wanted to say is that now our relationships are so much richer. And it suddenly came to me, it's like, this is what God wants for his people. Because I know that I respect these people a lot. And because of their position in my life, I know I probably tend to their request much more willingly. I want to make sure whatever they ask me to do, I will do. They don't ask a lot, but like this spring and early summer, I was very well involved in, having, um, in helping to communicate, to get ready for that trip to Krasnoyarsk. And even before, sometimes before that and sometimes after. But I see how they respect me. So every time I say, guys, thank you for this and this, they say, no, thank you. It's just so great. You don't know how great it is. And I know they're in a situation right now where they don't see a lot of help. But I'm just so amazed that they're so thankful for anything I do, where if I call them, they make sure they answer because they say, okay, if Olga calls us, then, you know, it's something, you know, because she's not going to call us for any, like, trifle thing. I just suddenly realized this is how God wants us to relate to each other with such respect and gratitude for one another, if we all had this attitude in obedience to His Spirit, to be thankful, to be respectful, considering one another, counting you know, everybody above us, this is what kingdom of God is about, that we are people who love each other, 
and respect each other and help each other with gladness, with gratitude, even if we don't owe that person anything. So I can say that I'm the fruit of their obedience. Now, because they have invested in me, they have prayed for me, they prayed with me, they gave me so much of their time, they would be on top of me if I was doing something wrong and there was a moment when things were not going well and Marilyn just got me to their house and she gave me a good talk, very lovingly, very lovingly, but she was like, oh, this is not right, what are you doing? You know better, you need to get out of here, you just need to stop this, this is not right. I mean, she made sure that she talked to me. Um, we know that the fruit is people's lives because he always tells us to serve others. Whatever we do is to build up our faith and to serve others. And the lives of people is the most precious thing that God has. I mean, it's the only thing that God was willing to pay the blood of his son for. He has not paid that price for anything else. You know, neither the angels, nor the earth, nor the, all the creatures that he has created. It's us that he is so interested in. And so when we live in obedience to him, we fulfill his commandment. We serve. We are his hands and his feet. We show his glory. It's all for his glory. It's all for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. When we were in Krasnoyarsk, the Maryland kept saying to everybody, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The children pastor finally said, you know, it's been such a long time since we heard it. But it is. We forget this sometimes. We get so busy. But we all know when God is prompting us to do something. Like when we come to church. Why do we come to church? What for? Just to be served? I mean, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, it just, we just kind of sort of, okay, you know, the you know, sermon was good. No, sermon was not so good. You know, uh, <laughs> or like worship was good. No, you it wasn't. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we open the floodgates, we can say. But it's not to be fed that we come to church. We come to church to serve. I'll tell you another little story, you know, about me. I was like 15, maybe just turned 16. And I was um, in bed Saturday night before Sunday. And I just asked God, I said, God, what do I pray for tomorrow? It's like, I just kind of thought, I was like, oh, I don't want to just sit in church. Yeah, worship is great and things like this, but I just don't want to sit around. And I had this kind of like a vague image of like a kind of like a lady, kind of bulky lady passing me on my left. And I sort of forgot about it. I went to sleep, but next day I came to church and uh, we went to church. The, the service started, the worship was going on. And here's this lady coming on the left of me, you know, in the aisle. I mean, what I saw in my sort of vision, it was like very vague. But I felt like, Lord, tell me, tell me that's her. And I already forgot by that moment that I asked him. But he said, that's her. And I was like, oh, okay. So I came to her after the service and we prayed for her. But it just, sometimes as simple as that. You come and ask God, what can I do? Who needs a hug? Who needs encouragement? Who needs what? I one time also, I had some money that came uh, kind of unexpectedly, had some quick job to do and got paid for it. And I was like, oh, I just actually have more than I need. And I was like, God, who can I give this money to? You know, because I sort of, I don't really need it. And I immediately, you know, God, you know, showed me the girl in our youth group and he said, you, Give it to her so she could wipe her, her winter boots. Like in Russia, winter boots have to be winter. They have to be lined with fur inside. <laughs> Otherwise, you will be cold. 
And I came to her and I said, here's this money for you to buy the winter boots. And she said, how did you know that I needed new winter boots? And I was like, no, I just asked God who I can, you know, who I can bless. And I felt like he said, you and for this purpose. And I said, that's exactly what I needed. I'll ask a question that one preacher that we like to listen to asks a lot. Who is in the full-time service here? Who? Everybody. Everybody should raise their hands. You are all in the full-time service. You're not just passive Christians who come to church, sit, go through motions, and then go back to their lives, going through motions. Wherever you are, whatever you do, you are the ministers of God because you bring His light. You bring His Word. I think Valerie is going to give a testimony about her friend sometime. But there was this girl who came to our camp with us, and I felt like it was okay for her to come and serve with us even though she's not a Christian. And I knew she was reading some kind of weird books and weird music, and I was debating with myself, should I tell her not to do those things while she's in camp with us, or should I just let her be? And I really felt like I should just let her be, not put any restrictions on her. I mean, she was under my authority because her parents let her go with me. And I thought, no, we'll just serve her with our lives. And Valerie will tell you the rest. <laughs> but that was, again, because I asked, how should I treat the situation? You know, with, with uh, Valerie, for example, sometimes I just don't know what to do. But if I come, if I remember to come to God and say, what do I do? The other day, we had, she had this really emotional outburst in the morning. And then a little bit later, she had an even greater emotional outburst. And I was like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And I felt like God was telling me, you got to deal with it. Suddenly, I just felt like I need to go and write her a note. I didn't know what I was going to write, but I basically wrote to her what I felt. And I really felt like God has directed my hands and my thoughts in writing her things that, that I wrote. And I just went and just quietly gave it to her. And two minutes later, she came and she said, thank you. That night, I went to bed thinking, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't do it. Because I felt like it just sort of broke the tide. You know, it was the, you know, it was a turning point in her. And I thought, what would happen if I didn't do it? But we all can do these things. We all have the Spirit of God. So what I want to encourage you is like not to brush aside those little thoughts, those little promptings. They may come very vague, very simple. But God is watching. Can I trust? Because if you can't do this little thing, you won't be able to do the bigger thing. We as people tend to think, well, it's important to do these things. No, it's more important to do this little things. One last thing that I wanted to say. We all say God has the best for us, right? We all say this thing. God has the best for us, right? We all know that God has the best for us. But sometimes we don't finish that sentence. And um, the last thing, it is not always easy. God's best doesn't always mean it's going to be easy for us. Because he sees best very differently than what we see as best. He is more interested in our holiness, in our character, than in making us happy. We think the best, it means, oh, things are going to be easy. I'm going to have a relief. I'm going to have things I want to have. I'm going to have things that... And a lot of times he does give us things that we want. So many times he gives it to us. But his best is to make us into his disciples. His best is to make us holy. 
before him. So when he gives us his best, it's not always easy, but it's still the very best because it will make us more like him and it will give us his holiness. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening and God bless you all.